Hey, it's Heidi. Welcome back for another video. Today, we are going to talk about the attachment personality pattern of the clinger. So I've really been actually looking forward to this for quite some time because when we hear about the clinger, stage five clinger, we hear about it in, in two capacities. What One is the funny story. Did you see the movie Wedding Crashers where Vince Vaughn was being like attacked essentially by a stage five clinger and you know she was like hunting him down everywhere he went and um, using her sexuality to entice him and really making their relationship much more than it was. And, and he spent, even though he spent the first three quarters of the movie trying to escape her, at the end of the movie, he suddenly realizes, oh my God, you're actually the one and she wins. And so, and like such is that reputation of the clinger, right? They'll keep growing on you like a fungus and, and they'll do anything they can do to make you love them and never leave them. Or on the other side of that black and white spectrum is the type of clinger that we see in single white female or fatal attraction, where it's like, if you dare to cross a clinger or reject the clinger, they're going to kill you. Okay. So that's another bad reputation of the clinger that they're this vengeful person waiting to stalk you and make your life a living hell. But there is a middle way. There's a middle ground. There's a gray area of a clinger, but still, nonetheless, it's still frustrating for the clinger themselves, as well as the people that are being clung to. So today I'm going to give you the five core traits of the clinger attachment personality pattern. If you're new here, you need to know what is an attachment personality pattern. And what are we doing here? Well, there are actually eight of them and you're more than welcome to go through at any time and click around and look. And, and just, again, I'm not dealing in pathology, I'm dealing in patterns and patterns can be changed. You know, your personality is not a fixed thing. An attachment personality pattern is really, what happens is when you're born into a family of dysfunction, particularly one that is toxic or abusive or addicted or alcoholic or narcissistic parents or, or some kind of dynamic, as a kid, you're like hustling and scrambling to figure out how to do life in that family, how to survive, thrive, connect, or cope in that family dynamic. And you take on a personality to, to function in the dysfunction. It's really a form of codependency at the end of the day. And I call those attachment personality patterns. So I have notes here because I don't definitely don't want to leave anything out with the clinger and developing these five core traits. Now, look, there are more than five. There, there are other ways that clinging might show up in your life that I didn't list here, I find these to be the most prevalent amongst all of the, or most of the clinger type of personalities. So you don't have to have all five of these traits to identify. You might say, yeah, I, I definitely can relate to this pattern myself. The kind of like the thing is, is nobody wants to be a clinger. Okay. Nobody like some of these attachment personality patterns sound nice. Oh, I, I don't, I want to be the fixer. Oh yeah, I want to be, but nobody wants to be the clinger because there's such a negative connotation to it. But really, first of all, before we get into it, I just want to say like clingers just really, they're scrambling and hustling for love. They want to be seen. They want somebody who's not going to leave them or reject them. It just so happens that they're going about it all wrong because the very thing that they're trying to prevent is sometimes the very thing that they're creating through the nature of their own behavior. So once we can get a handle on these five ways clingers behave, if you're a clinger, all you have to do is start to behave your way out of these things and you can reform your inner clinger to your true self, your true identity, which is just a lovely, wonderful human being, deserving of love 
and not having to hustle or scramble or do anything to get it. All right. So core trait number one, clinger personality patterns, develop feelings, very, very fall in love. You could say, cause it's not just romantic, but it could be a friendship very quickly. When you meet somebody, you have this concept as a clinger of love at first sight. You believe in soulmates. You can feel this with a coworker. You can feel this with a friend. You can feel this with a lover. But what happens is you meet somebody and you just get overrun by your feelings of affection for them. The problem with that is that, you know, when we really think about love, love isn't at first sight, unless you're Jesus, because Jesus was living love. Okay. So most of us in our humaneness and before we have like the awakening are really conditional human beings. So it's not really love that we're feeling because love is a verb. Love is something we do. We're not loving at first sight. What are we doing? We're feeling attraction at first sight or chemistry at first sight, but a clinger will misread their chemistry or attraction or draw to somebody and call it love. And the unfortunate thing about a clinger is they are oftentimes attracted to people who are triggering them up and they don't even realize it. They think their attraction is attraction, but it's really an old trigger. Oh, this person's going to make me hustle and scramble to prove my value. They don't know that yet, but that's usually why, where they're attracted. Clingers live in a fantasy world where they imagine you know, they're going to meet somebody and it's just going to be that love at first sight. And oftentimes when they do meet somebody, they project that fantasy onto the person and they'll feel swept up in their feelings and they'll believe them. They'll feel like, yes, this is different. A lot of times clingers say, he's not like anybody I've ever met before. She's totally different. This is the one. This doesn't feel like anything I've ever done before. And they actually believe it. The problem is they feel that way just about every time they meet somebody. Okay. Core trait number two, clingers have a tendency to overshare. Oh, so in an attempt to, it's, it's ironic because in an attempt to not be rejected and to be fully accepted, a clinger wants to divulge as much about themselves as possible to form connection and relationship. That's their strategy. So you could go on a coffee date with a clinger. And if you're a clinger yourself, you know, this, you could go on a coffee date with a clinger and then 15 minutes later, get up and know their childhood trauma. They have a tendency to just overshare. This is what happened when I was five. And then when I was 10, my mother left my father and then I was felt abandoned and rejected. And then I went through this relationship and it was abusive. And then I did that. And they're just telling everything in an attempt as a clinger, you might do this in an attempt to connect with people in an attempt to really get them to understand you and see you clearly. And ultimately to, to, you know, endear them to you, but really it scares people sometimes. So like, Whoa, it's too much too soon. And there's a way to share yourself in increments. Um, but you trust kind of too quickly as a clinger, you just kind of overshare because you're like, Oh, I feel safe. And the safety isn't real. It's a projected safety, a fantasy safety. Like they're the one. And so you just feel like you can just let it all out, but you find that it's too much. It's too much for them. And it, it, it kind of inhibits your ability to really connect with people because most people don't really share that way. You know, most people who aren't in this personality pattern take time, you know, unless you're a withholder and then you don't share and it's like pulling teeth to get you to share. But most people will share in a timely way in an appropriate way. But again, you'll share your whole entire life story in an attempt to connect with somebody, but ultimately it kind of pushes people away. Core trait number three, clingers are loyal to a fault. 
kind of the motto for a clinger is the devil I know is better than the devil I don't. And so the devil is the person they're with and the devil they don't know is being alone. A clinger will settle into relationships that are harmful, that are hurtful, and that really aren't right for them, but they'll do it because that's better than being all by themselves. And so they'll be loyal to a fault and keep like a ride or die mentality. And they'll say it's because they love that person and they might believe that, but the reality is nine times out of 10, it's because they fear nobody else will come along. They're going to be alone. Nobody else will love them or want them. So they just stay with that one person or in that one situation. A clinger will have friendships where there really aren't friendships. You know, people really won't be reciprocating their friendship, but they'll stay in it because they'll be feared if I don't have this friend who doesn't really love me that much, I'm not going to have any friends at all. So they stay too long. Core trait number four, clinger personalities do not have a very good sense of a very good sensory acuity. Sensory acuity is like read a room, honey, right? It's your ability to see like what people are thinking and feeling and what's going on. And they oftentimes as a result of this lack of sensory acuity, do not recognize the emotional, physical unavailability of the people they're attracted to. And they'll misread situations and project that fantasy onto it. So for example, let's say that a clinger meets a new man. Okay. And she says to her girlfriend, they're talking about him. And she says, Oh my gosh, I, I could just tell you what I love about him the most is he is just so honest. He is like the straightest shooter I've ever met in my life. He just tells it like it is. He told me right away, Hey, I'm dating a lot of other women. And I really like that. I liked that He just told me straight up. He was honest with me about it. The clinger is not even like hearing the other half of that scenario, right? Oh, he's told me he's seeing other people, but I deserve to be exclusive and I want an exclusive relationship, but she'll misread that and project her fantasy of what she thinks is love at first sight and this soulmate connection and make things mean something they don't even, that they don't even really mean. Okay. Another situation here, another situation here. Somebody's emotionally unavailability. A clinger will be with somebody and they won't text them back, right? The person won't text the clinger back or won't call them back. Instead of the clinger like reading that behavior is like, oh, this guy or this woman must be like a jerk or unavailable. They'll internalize the behavior and say, oh, I must have done something to turn them off. Oh, I'm, I'm doing that. So let me try harder to win back their affection. They start being manipulative, passive aggressive, doing all the things that they can do to try to win that affection back over instead of just realize, oh man, this person's probably not for me. This person's jerky. They don't know how to, they don't separate it. Also, like if they're with somebody and somebody's just flat out doesn't want to be with them, they're not interested in the conversation. They're like yawning and looking at their watch and do whatever. A clinger doesn't pick up on those kind of cues. They just try harder. They might notice it. They might be like, oh, they're getting bored, but they'll try harder instead of like, let you go. Right. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, number five, core trait number five is they are constantly needing and seeking approval, affirmation, uh, and reassurance and sometimes praise, but, but mostly approval, affirmation and reassurance. And they'll ask questions. A clinger will say things like, do you love me? Even though you've been in a relationship, well, they might ask that even too soon for the seeking like reassurance of where we're going. They'll ask like, where are we going? What are we doing? What's happening in this relationship? Where are we at here? But once you're in a relationship with a clinger, they'll continue to ask things like that. Do you love me? How much do you love me? Why do you love me? You know, they'll say, um, do you think that I'm attractive? 
what do you think is attractive about me? Do you think I'm ugly? Do you think I'm fat? Like they're constantly be asking you this questions, you know, do you still want to be with me? Do you ever think about leaving me? Why would you leave me if you ever did think about it? I mean, just constantly seeking this approval and affirmation and it can be really exhausting for the person who's with the clinger. So let's go back over those five core traits again. Clingers develop feelings very quickly, fall in love, head over heels very, very fast project that fantasy onto other people. Number two, overshare. You talk about your life story and tell everybody your trauma drama when really it's not the appropriate time to do that. Loyal, you're loyal to a fault. You are a ride or die because you're deep down, you're more worried about being alone. So you stay and remain in harmful or hurtful situations to avoid feeling alone or being alone. Number four, you, you fail to read social cues or the emotional unavailability of the people you're attracted to. And so you internalize that unavailability and try harder instead of just releasing those unavailable people. And number five, there's a constant need for reassurance, approval or affirmation through kind of questioning and, and, and getting that reassurance through your partner constantly. Now, man that's that's a lot so if you are if you are a clinger i just want to first say thanks for making it through this video because if you're dating a clinger you're probably like check 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 but for, if you are a clinger you're like ooh, is that maybe it's really hard to admit it you know and my philosophy is like awareness is the first step you can't treat what you don't see you have to have the eyes to see it first and that takes an immense amount of courage on your part so i want to say Thank you for allowing me to be here with you and lovingly point out some of these behaviors that you might be doing because again, your intentions are pure. Not like you set out to like want to behave this way when you were a little boy or a little girl, you know, you were hustling and scrambling to try to figure out how to make people want to be with you or not hurt you or help you or love you or connect with you. And so that strategy probably worked. Once upon a time, a lot of people that are clingers, their deep-seated fear, and we'll do this in another video, we'll talk about the points of origin and deep-seated fears, but is, is what? It's being rejected, right? Being, being abandoned is the ultimate fear here. Like, I'll do anything so that you don't leave me. They share that fear with the people-pleaser personality pattern. And sometimes people pleasers and clingers can kind of cross pollinate. <laughs> they kind of look the same as well. And you might have a little bit of pleaser in you as well. If you're a clinger, I'm sure you do. Now the path out of this is after you have the awareness and recognition, you take time and you take out a journal and you start to recognize how these patterns show up in your life. Now, if you're a coach being certified with me and, or you're a clinician and you're learning more about this type of personality patterns, you ask your clients, you say, take out a, a journal and write in there these top five core traits and let's gain awareness and insight into your own behavior first. Tell me how this shows up for you. So you'll give them the first trait like I'm going to give you if you are a clinger. I'm going to say um, develop feelings quickly as a clinger. I'm going to ask you and say tell me all right write down as one journal entry all the times in your life that you remember falling too quickly and actually being a little blind and when you could see clearly, you realized that wasn't really love. You know, what are some times in your life that you felt too much too soon? With the second one, when did you meet somebody and feel like maybe you overshared and that backfired on you? Can you talk about some times in your life that that's happened? Because again, 
this is not a sprint, it's a marathon, you know, figuring out how these patterns show up in your life in particular and how they affect you personally. And then if you want to start to undo some of these patterns, you know, the recovery from codependence and toxic relationship recovery and all the things that we do here, the solution is in the problem. You know, I know people say you can't solve the problem with the things that created the problem, but actually you can because you can stop doing the things that created the problem and therein lies the solution. Um, also, if you want more help implementing that, I'm happy to help you. I have a program called Love Yourself First Empowerment School where we undo the patterning. That's the whole point of it. It's a, You can find that or more information about it over at lovecoachheidi.com. Or if you're in life school, make sure you're leaving lots of comments and working either in our group program or with your personal one-on-one -on -one coach to talk about your personality patterns and how they show up in your life. And uh, I look forward to another video with you. So make sure you're subscribed, like the video if you happen to be watching this on YouTube and uh, let me know how you relate to this as well, okay? Love you. I hope you have a beautiful day today. Take excellent care of yourself and I'll see you really soon. Bye-bye.